This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. And Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan River to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that we would hear not just the words of men, but the words of God. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to take that as my text this morning from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 961. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, and beginning at verse 13. I've titled my talk this morning, The Baptism of Jesus, Two Truths Revealed. The Baptism of Jesus, True Truths, or Two Truths (laughs) Revealed. Now, the Baptism of Jesus is always our subject on the first Sunday after the Epiphany. And the name of this day makes that clear. This day is called the first Sunday after the Epiphany, the baptism of our Lord. Now the word Epiphany, which comes from the Greek, means manifestation or revelation. And the Epiphany proper, in the Western church at least, which follows the 12 days of Christmas and therefore always falls on the 6th of January, is a celebration of the coming of the Magi from the East and the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles when the Magi came to Bethlehem searching for the newborn king to worship the Christ child and to present to him, as you will remember, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There you go. And the baptism of Jesus is also an epiphany because it reveals or it manifests truths to us about who Jesus is. And the first truth revealed, if you like, is that Jesus is Son of God. Indeed, notice again, beginning at verse 16, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, in fact, in the Gospel of Matthew, the word behold is used 62 times. Two of them are in our passage. But when you, when you come across that, and we're used to it, it's kind of, we don't say that. We say things like, look here, look, look, look at that. That's exactly what the word behold means. And when it's in the text, it means pay attention and listen closely. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. This is somewhat reminiscent of uh, other instances of divine revelation as we have them in the Bible. For instance, in Ezekiel chapter 1, we read, and the prophet Ezekiel wrote, 
And he said, I was amongst the exiles in Babylon by the Chibar Canal or river, and the heavens were opened. And I saw visions of God. Or in the New Testament, when Stephen, the first martyr in the seventh chapter of Acts, was being stoned to death, before he expired, before he actually died, he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man, referring to Jesus, seated at the right hand of God. Or in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11, John the Revelator wrote, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, there's the word behold again, a white horse, and the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. And so we read in verse 16, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he came up out of the water. He would have gone all the way down into the water. And then coming up the waters of the Jordan River. And Matthew says, And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And Matthew continues, And Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. It wasn't necessarily a dove, but some, something. And Matthew and the other writers passed this, has passed this down. This is the way they talked about it in the earliest days of the church. That the Spirit of God descended like a dove. And rested on him. And then notice too, as we're reading this, uh, a not so subtle reference to the presence of all three members of the Holy Trinity. Jesus is there, the Son, of course, he's just been baptized, and the Holy Spirit descends and lights upon him like a dove, and then the God the Father speaks. And he speaks directly without making use of an angelic or prophetic mediator. He speaks for himself. As often as he sends others to speak on his behalf, here he speaks for himself. And so verse 17, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Which is reminiscent of the Messianic text from Isaiah 42 that Godson read for us, Isaiah 42 and verse 1, God speaking, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen or my beloved, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. And what we see here on the Jordan River is, it, is a fulfillment of what the prophet Isaiah wrote so many centuries before. And so that's the first truth revealed. Namely that Jesus is Son of God. The second truth revealed is that Jesus is one of us. That Jesus is one of us. He's Son of God and He's one of us. In fact, this is a truth expressed in the Eucharistic prayer that we use every Sunday from the 1979 Book of Common Prayer. We pray it together. And you're familiar with these words. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you 
the God and Father of all. And as good Anglicans, what we, we pray what we believe and we believe what we pray. The law of prayer is the law of faith, the law of believing. And understanding this divine intent that the Son came to live and die as one of us is critical to understanding why Jesus came with all the rest of the people who were coming to John to be baptized by him in the Jordan River. That he might be one of us. In fact, notice in verse 13, and then... That is to say, and then when everyone else was coming to be baptized by John, Jesus came from the Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. In fact, he came with that specific purpose. That's a purpose statement at the very end. He came with the intent of being baptized by John like everybody else was being baptized by John. And verse 14 says, and John would have prevented him and John said to him, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? And it isn't difficult, you know, to imagine how John must have felt. Indeed, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, of a baptism of radical change, leaving the old life and taking on the new. And in verse 6 of this same chapter, we read that the, as the people were coming to John to be baptized, they were confessing their sins to John. Probably because John was insisting that they do. That we bring integrity to this act. What is it that, what is the old life that, from which you need to turn? And so they said, John, well, this is what I've done. And are you ready to turn to God? Yes, I am. And down they go. But what sins did Jesus have to confess? Indeed, Jesus is, as we just read, the, the, the Son in whom the Father is, is well pleased. Or as Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter 8 and verse 29, famously, I do always, not just sometimes, I do always those things that are pleasing to the Father. In the recovery community, they say that we're only as sick as the secrets we keep. That's a very powerful statement. Something worth chewing on. I think you have problems. Maybe this is one of them. I, th I remember hearing a preacher on the radio saying, if you won't say it, you can't be delivered from it. I thought that was powerful. But we're only as sick as the secrets we keep. Or David Taylor, in his great book, Open and Unafraid, The Psalms as a Guide to Life, he wrote this. He said, confession is a chance to be free from the secrets that distort and oppress us. But Jesus wasn't oppressed by sin, either public or secret. He was oppressed by us, but not by sin, not by any fault of his own. And so John boxed. And said to Jesus, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me. But notice verse 15, Jesus says to him, let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us, you and me, John. I don't know, you, that's the sort of thing that you pass by. He, said, he didn't just say it's right for me. He says it's right for us. I can't do this without you, John. I can't be baptized like they're being baptized if you're not involved, John. John. 
I can't just come out here and baptize myself. I need you to do it. A man who needs to be baptized himself. I need you to baptize me, John. Let it be so now, for it's fitting for us, you and me, to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, Jesus is saying to John, John, this is the right thing to do. And, uh, which is another way of saying, this is the thing that God wants us to do, John. I've come into the world to be one with those who are in the world. Indeed, to, to, uh, eventually and ultimately to take their sins upon myself, even while I have no sins of my own. In fact, we read about this in the Scriptures. We read it in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. He is not, he's not forsaken and, and suffer for his own sins. He, he, the sins of others are placed upon him, and he receives the judgment. Or as John said, uh, John the Baptist said, in the Gospel of John, behold the Lamb of God, who, the sacrificial Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Or Paul writing in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, famously, for our sake God the Father made Christ to be sin. By the way, if you're ever wondering, you know, why does Jesus lose it in the garden the night before his passion? In fact, the passion, his passion began that night when he, the, he was so filled with anxiety that he suffered from hematidrosis, that is more clearly called bloody sweat. And the capillaries in the forehead and the body break because the person is under such incredible stress. He wasn't under stress because he knew the physical pain he was going, going to go through. He was under physical, stress, under, under physical stress because God was going to make him sin. And not just sin, but all the sin that's ever been committed. He would become that. And the, the thought of it took him where it took him. For our sake, God the Father made Christ to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become <laughs> the righteousness of God. Talk about identifying. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 24, Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And so Jesus is saying to John, it's the right thing to do, John. This is, this is what God wants us to do. For me to be baptized with those who are coming for baptism, not because I need baptism, John, but because I've come into the world to be one with them, that in turn they might become one with me. And so Matthew says that John consented. And baptized Jesus. And notice there's no confession. What would he confess? But he is baptized. Just like all the other sinners were being baptized and changing their lives. As someone has written, Jesus had no sins to confess or repent of at his baptism. But there he identifies himself and places himself in solidarity with the same sinners for whom he would ultimately identify when he bore their sins in his own body upon the cross. 
that reminded me of what Brennan Manning famously said, Christ loves you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. I'm not exactly sure what more Jesus could have done on our behalf to convince us to love him in return. Will you love him in return in 2023? Jesus, Son of God, Jesus, one of us, the baptism of Jesus, two truths revealed. Amen? Let us pray. As it's once been called, the greatest story ever told. And we know that's true, Lord. In religion, there's a, here are the rules and do them the best you can and see if you can get God on your side. But the message of the gospel is, is that God is on your side and will you accept his gifts? Will you accept the transformation of life? If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, all things become new. Would you have that, the gospel says? We don't earn your grace or earn your favor, Lord. You're already on our side asking us and saying, come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Help us to respond to that, even in the midst of many other voices that are calling us in a different direction and to walk on a different road. Help us, Lord, to fall, find that narrow way that even though it's narrow and many times is hard, it leads to life eternal. It's the road that the Son walks and invites us to walk with Him. Help us to do what we pray in his name. Amen.